0: Zags fans out there who are following the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift relationship as it unfolds during the NFL season might feel like this is a little bit familiar. We're throwing it back 14 years ago when Zag star Matt Bolton is who Swifties were keeping tabs on. What if that relationship had been more than just a rumor? We'll discuss on today's Locked On Zags. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome into the Locked On Zag Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to give you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Happy Friday, folks. Happy end of September. This is the final episode. Of the month of September. We are closing it out. This has been my three times per week month this in August. So next week we are back to five times per week. And I thought, what better way to end the month, end the off season, as it were, for Locked On Zags than having a little fun? So today we are going to talk about Gonzaga's new opponent, Eastern Oregon, that is on the schedule for November 14th, third year in a row playing them. We'll talk about the Kentucky game time, which has been set, as well as TV information. We're also going to close out the show talking about Drew Timmy and Julian Strother, who are likely on the two NBA champion favorites, especially after the Milwaukee Bucks' recent trade for Damian Lillard. We'll get to all of that, but we are leading off today's show talking about The biggest talking point in not just the sports world. But in the pop culture world as it is, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, it has been all over the news the last couple of weeks. Taylor Swift went to Travis Kelsey's football game for the Kansas City Chiefs. She was in the stadium, in the press box, hanging out with Travis Kelsey's family. It was a fun story. I know some people are probably irritated by it already. That's kind of the nature of the beast when talking about pop culture icons, people who have kind of transcended past just regular levels of fame into obscene levels of fame, which is certainly where Taylor Swift is at, but there is a connection here to Gonzaga. And as somebody who was a incoming or a freshman at Gonzaga, when this first happened, 2009, 2010 season, it is a very, very familiar memory to me. I know it is a familiar memory to many of you who were either students at the time or recent alums at the time, or even older alums at the time. This was a pretty big story in September of 2009 There was rumors circulating the internet, not nearly to the level that they circulate the internet now. This was pre-Twitter, really dating myself by saying that out loud, but it is true. But at this time, there was rumors that Matt Bolden, the star senior at the time for the Gonzaga basketball team, All-American candidate, uh, outstanding player for the team who had had some tournament success. There was rumors that him and Taylor Swift were dating. Bolden pretty much immediately shut these rumors down. He did not let them go very far. Apparently the only thing that really happened was that Taylor Swift was playing a concert in Spokane. Matt Bolden was in the front row. People got her attention to indicate who he was. She said hi to him. That's it. That's all that happened. There's a lot to unpack here for starters. Remember when Taylor Swift played concerts in Spokane, that feels like a long time ago, kind of was a long time ago. Now, she doesn't play concerts in Portland. She doesn't play concerts in cities much, much bigger than Spokane. Not hate for her, mind you. She doesn't have to. She's I get it. Totally makes sense. But there was a time when she played concerts in Spokane when her dating players on Gonzaga's roster, something that could have happened. Could still, in theory, I suppose, happen. But interesting to see that having happened back then at the time. Lots, again, to unpack here. Another thing that stands out to me. We've been talking about Taylor Swift dating life for a long time. She was 20, which, of course, makes her potentially dating Matt Bolden make more sense. Now, if Taylor Swift was rumored to be dating a Gonzaga player, there would be some eyebrows raised because that would be a pretty significant age gap. Uh, but, yeah, th- th- we've been talking about this forever. And I'm not going to get into a whole deconstructing why we have these kind of conversations, why we care about celebrities. That's not the point of this show. We're just having fun to end the offseason for the Locked On Zags podcast here. But, yeah. This was a a real thing. And again, it got nipped in the bud fairly quickly. But what would have happened? What would have happened if Taylor Swift and Matt Bolden had legitimately dated? It's an interesting thing to think about. Would there be a song on either of Taylor Swift's upcoming albums after that time? In 2010, she released Speak Now. In 2012, she released Red, one of the most popular albums of all time. Would there be an out? Would there be a song? Would there be some jokes about rebounds because she was dating a basketball player? Would we have some pun about Mark Few's name? I don't know. Would there be some joke about Matt Bolden's hair thrown in there somewhere? Could this have led to some interesting situations where Gonzaga basketball in particular was more in the cultural lexicon? Because frankly, at this time, Gonzaga's cultural kind of awareness was still predicated on the Slippers still fits in 1999. And of course, Adam Morrison, you know, we'd had Dan Dickow and Blake step and a handful of other fantastic players had lost Steph Curry and Davidson prior to this, but they weren't really on the map. They are just a steady, consistent performing team who was making the NCAA tournament as, you know, seven to 10 to 11 seeds somewhere in there and hadn't really made the jump outside of the Adam Morrison crying game and Morrison in general. This would have changed that. It's impossible to know how much. But Gonzaga kind of got back on the map in 2013 with Kelly Olynyk. It's the first time the team was ranked number one in the country. They, of course, lost early. That set them back a little bit from a uh, just recognition perspective. Of course, a few years later, they go all the way to the national championship game in 2017. And that really kind of kicks off what has been the modern perception of Gonzaga basketball. This would have changed that. Could have changed Gonzaga's trajectory? Maybe, probably not. I think that's a little bit too dramatic, especially because while it's crazy that we have been talking about Taylor Swift dating life for 14 years, it wasn't happening at the same level in 2010 as it is now, not even close. Folks, for those of you who haven't been paying attention to this story, I don't imagine you have to be working pretty hard <laughs> to not be paying some level of attention to this story. At that Chiefs game, there's a picture of Taylor Swift next to her plate of food, which appears to have some kind of breaded chicken on it, as well as what looks like ketchup or barbecue sauce or and ranch. The Empire State Building changed their colors to be white and a kind of a reddish brown as a, as a joke discussing whether Taylor Swift had barbecue sauce or ketchup on her plate. Think about that. The Empire State Building is changing their colors based on, and it's not like it's Taylor Swift eating something weird. It's her eating chicken with either ranch or barbecue sauce, incredibly normal toppings. And I get, I am perpetuating this by talking about it on a podcast that's about Gonzaga basketball. So I get it, but that is insane that that is happening. And it's wild that Gonzaga at one point was kind of wrapped up in this kind of whirlwind that has been the pop culture fame of Taylor Swift's dating life. And it was brief and it was before it became what it has become for Taylor Swift. It was when she was still young, still more of a country star, still hadn't really kind of uh, taken that leap to pop superstardom. But it's funny to think about this kind of 15-year period of time where this has been a pop culture phenomenon. And that at one point in the early stages, Gonzaga had kind of been wrapped into it uh, with Matt Bolton. Just a funny conversation. Again, would it have changed anything? I don't know what Eminem have actually coming on campus in 2012 when Gonzaga played Michigan State, which was a long held rumor. Would that have changed anything? Also, probably not. Would have been cool as somebody who was at that game, would have been exceptionally cool instead of just watching Draymond Green absolutely cook the Zags for 35 minutes. It would have been nice if Eminem was in the building as well, but still fun to kind of think about, especially in the light of what is going on right now, where Taylor Swift is dating an athlete, and it has taken over the entire world by storm. Interesting to remember that this was something that, uh, at one point, involved Gonzaga basketball. We're going to get into some slightly more serious topics to close out the show and the week and the month of September here on Locked on Zags. Gonzaga is once again going to host Eastern Oregon out of the NAIA this season. That game is scheduled for November 14th. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Zags versus Kentucky game time and TV schedule for that. All of this coming up after a word from today's sponsor, Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole-body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com slash spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Folks, I want to thank all of you for making Lockdown Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those of you checking out the show on YouTube as well. Appreciate every single one of you, everyday listeners. We got more fun stuff coming your way this, later this week. Craziness in the Kennel is. Very, very soon after that, we're going to start our player preview series, so stick with us as we get closer and closer to the college basketball season, and now we know a little bit more about what Gonzaga's schedule is going to look like piece by piece, little by little. It is insane to me that I will not be reporting Gonzaga's full non-conference schedule until October. That is insane, but that's the nature of the beast for whatever reason. Gonzaga still not out there with their full non-conference schedule, but we know now that on November fourteenth, four days after they play Yale, which is right now their regular season opener, they may add a game before that. But for right now, the first game on the schedule that is not an exhibition game will be against Yale on November tenth. Four days later, on November fourteenth, Gonzaga is going to play Eastern Oregon. That is the only game on the schedule before Maui Invitational. So they got Yale, they got Eastern Oregon, and they got about a week of ga- a week gap before they head down to. Honolulu, to play in the Maui Invitational this year. Eastern Oregon, third year in a row they have played this team. They are in the NAIA. Gonzaga has a limited number of games you can play against non-Division 1 opponents. Uh, so this takes one of those spots, means we won't see a second exhibition game. Most likely, this is effectively their second exhibition game. Um, and last year, they they set a school record with the margin of victory was 78 points. That is not... Uh, not unimpressive don't want to try, don't want to belittle that performance by any stretch of the imagination it is uh, unsurprising to see a very very good division 1 caliber team beat up on a team that is below division 2 below division 3 at the NAIA level uh this is a tune up of all tune ups for gonzaga and again coming after that yale game coming before they go down to maui i am happy to see this game on the calendar uh just because i like when we get to see opportunities for guys who We probably won't see much of next year. We'll get a chance. I don't know exactly what the rotation is going to look like, so I don't want to make a ton of predictions there, but this is the kind of game where, you know, somebody like Luka Krajnovic or Braden Huff or Pavel Stosic, the new addition uh, out of Serbia, they might play in that game much more than they might play in the regular season, the conference season, the rest of the non-conference season, season, I should say. I suspect that Gonzaga's you know, starting five, plus Ben Gregg, plus Dusty Stromer, uh, plus June Sakio. That's kind of who I'm envisioning being the eight-man rotation. Luka Krajnovic is in that conversation. He might end up being that, that last spot ahead of Dusty Stromer. I think that's kind of the competition there. And I think a game like this might be a good opportunity to let those guys kind of show where they're at. You know, Krajavich joined the team very recently. Stosich, of course, joined the team even more recently than Krasniewicz. Stromer's been around the program for a while, so he may have a little bit of a leg up there. But this is a good opportunity for those guys to show, hey, this is how familiar I am with the offense. This is the role that I can play. And kind of get, get a feel for, for what live college basketball looks like, what Mark Few's offense is like in in legitimacy as opposed to just in practices, what it actually feels like against opponents. And I think that that's why these games are important. Last year, they played this game in like late December. It was after they'd already gotten through their brutal non-conference schedule. Um, It was a good opportunity then to kind of get some rest for the starters before they got into the conference season. I don't think that's a bad time for this game either. This year, they're replacing that game with San Diego State, a much more difficult opponent to play right before you get into the conference season. But I do think that getting this game out of the way early will give Gonzaga's younger players, the players who are very new to the roster, an opportunity to kind of show where they're at before we get into kind of the meat of Gonzaga's schedule. Hopefully, this is One of the last times we do a schedule update without doing the full schedule update. But again, we still have potentially a few more games to go on the docket. Uh, We will, of course, report when we have the finalized schedule, what that looks like, the key periods of time, the key gap periods, et cetera, all that stuff. But for right now, we still just keep plugging along with what we know until we get that full piece of information. And the other thing we know now, Gonzaga, Kentucky, we knew it was February 10th. We knew it was in the middle of the WCC conference season and the SEC conference season as well. Now we know the game will be played at 1 p.m. Pacific time, and we know that it will be on CBS. So that's the new information coming out for the Gonzaga-Kentucky game, February 10th, CBS, 1 p.m. tip. Uh, Second in a six-game series between Gonzaga and Kentucky last year, they played at this Spokane Arena. Gonzaga took the victory there this year. They will go out to Lexington, play at Rupp Arena. Should be a fun game. This Kentucky team is very young, and I think that getting to play them in February as opposed to playing them in November is an advantage for really for both sides, it's an advantage for Calipari and Kentucky in the sense that their team will almost certainly be better in February than they are in November. And that's true of almost any college basketball team, but a team that is predominantly freshmen and especially a team that has some injured guys kind of coming into the season, almost certainly is going to be better. Like a, a probably going to be one of the more growing teams from November to February, one of the more advanced teams in terms of their uh, ability to get better throughout the season. This is kind of a a Calipari staple. It's because he's had so many freshmen in the past, makes those adjustments, gets that team kind of cooking before the season starts. Gonzaga will be better too. Gonzaga is not as young as Kentucky. Few teams are, but they don't have as much continuity as they've had in the past. Two key starters are coming back in Nolan Hickman and Anton Watson. Ben Gregg is going to play a big role, but that's kind of your returnees. Right there, you got three transfers expected to join the starting lineup in, in Nemhardt, Inventors, and, and EK. You got a lot of youth kind of coming off the bench outside of that, and Stromer, and Krajnovic, and Yo. And so it'll be interesting to see which of these two teams has done enough for, in, from an improvement perspective to kind of help this game be impactful for them. Because if Gonzaga goes to Lexington and loses, that's not necessarily terrible for them. If they come out of that game good knowing, okay, this is what we need to work on. This is what we're behind on. These are the things that are kind of potentially going to be problems for us in March. If Gonzaga comes out of February, comes out of that February 10th game knowing that or learning more about that, even if they lose, that is a win. And I'm sure Calipari and, and their team is feeling the same way. They obviously are playing tournament caliber teams pretty routinely in the SEC, but Gonzaga is a different style. the team that they typically play in the sec and it's the kind of team they could play in march so for them it's just about adding another quality opponent to their schedule it's another good game it helps gonzaga a little bit more in the sense that it breaks up a weaker conference schedule than it does for kentucky but it is still a true road game for gonzaga and it is an opportunity for kentucky to show that they can beat a team like gonzaga that plays a different style that has a lot of experience i think it's going to be a good matchup for both teams and now we know Flip that TV onto CBS at 1 p.m. Have yourself a, a, either a late coffee or perhaps an early other beverage uh, and check this one out because it's going to be a super fun game and I'm really excited about it. And sad we have to wait all the way until February to watch this one, but it's going to be a really good one. We'll close out today's show talking about Drew Timmy and Julian Strother, who are each positioned to potentially win an NBA championship ring in their rookie seasons. More on that for each player after a word from today's sponsor, eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what helps keep your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance, from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. That's eBay's Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Still Andy Patton, still Locked On Zags podcast, and we are closing out the show, the week, the month of September, talking about Gonzaga's two new rookies joining the NBA this season in Drew Timmy and Julian Strother, because both these players have an opportunity to legitimately win an NBA championship in their rookie seasons. Both these players have a legitimate chance to win a championship in their rookie seasons. Julian Strather, of course, drafted 29th overall by the Denver Nuggets, a, the team that won the championship last year. Always a good opportunity to join a team that's already got a ring on their fingers. Drew Timmy joins the Milwaukee Bucks. And Milwaukee just made one of the biggest moves in the NBA offseason trading for seven-time all-star and franchise icon Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. They give up Drew Holiday. They give up Grayson Allen, who goes over to Phoenix. Uh, but they get Damian Lamont Ali Dil- Lillard, one of the greatest players in uh, the modern NBA, a fantastic uh, t- talent to join Giannis, Antet- Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee. The two of them, plus Brooke, Brooke Lopez plus Chris Middleton, is going to be a fantastic foursome and makes them the immediate favorites in the Eastern Conference. Bring this up because Gonzaga has a funny history with NBA championship trophies. Their clear, runaway best player in NBA history coming out of Gonzaga, John Stockton. All-time assist leader in the NBA, all-time steals leader in the NBA. Played for the Utah Jazz for 20-something seasons. Never won a ring. Often considered one of the greatest NBA players of all time to never win a championship. DeMontis is the second greatest Gonzaga player in the NBA of all time, also unquestionably three-time All-Star, was an All-NBA performer last year for the Sacramento Kings, has not won a championship yet, hasn't even really come close to winning a championship yet. But Gonzaga players do have a lot of rings. They just haven't come from guys who were particularly productive on said teams. Adam Morrison is, of course the poster child for this. He has two championships as a bench mob member for the Los Angeles Lakers. Ronnie Turioff, the 2012 NBA champion as well. Austin Day is an NBA champion from 2014. Four rings, three players, none of them who were particularly impactful during that season while they were in the NBA, these guys had decent NBA careers outside of this, but in the seasons that they won rings, we didn't see a lot of production from those guys. So you have some very, very fantastic players. Kelly Olenek is also a great player who has been to an NBA championship, but has not won a ring as well. So you have a lot of productive players who have been in the NBA or are currently in the NBA who haven't won championships, but you have a few guys who, who maybe didn't play that much uh, or at all in some situations who ended up getting themselves some hardware. If the Milwaukee Bucks win the championship, there's a pretty reasonable chance that Drew Timmy would kind of fall into that category. I hope that I'm wrong, not because I'm rooting against Milwaukee. In fact, I am rooting for Milwaukee because I am a Damian Lillard fan, because I have friends who are from Wisconsin who are big Bucks fans, and because Drew Timmy is there. I hope that I'm wrong in the sense that Milwaukee does win a championship and Drew Timmy has a role more so than Morrison did or than Day did or than Rony Turioff did. I'm not super optimistic that he will. This trade did get rid of some of Milwaukee's depth, but they didn't get rid of anybody in the front court. They moved on from Drew Holiday, who's a point guard. They moved on from Grayson Allen, who's a wing. They didn't move on from anybody in that front court. Brooke Lopez is the starting center. Bobby Portis is the backup center. I'm not sure if Drew Timmy is even the third string center there. He's probably going to be splitting most of the time in the G League. Might not play a ton for the team uh, in the actual regular season. But again, Milwaukee's got a real, real shot at competing for a championship this year. They they push their chips in, trading for Damian Lillard. He's 33. Giannis is up there in age. These two guys are trying to win right now. Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton aren't young either. This is a, a old, experienced team who is going for it right now, and Drew Timmy's got a chance to be on that roster to help that squad get there and take home uh, some hardware because he really, really, really deserves it, really, really should be in the opportunity, even if he's not playing as mu- certainly not as much as he did at Gonzaga, even if he's not playing much at all. I think the opportunity for him to be on a championship squad as a rookie would be absolutely fantastic. Looking at Julian Strother, I think there's a real chance that Strother is a bigger contributor for Denver if they were to repeat as national champions, or NBA champions, I should say, as opposed to Drew Timmy. Strother is going to compete with Christian Braun who played a big role last year for them as a rookie coming out of Kansas. He's going to compete with Peyton Watson, who was a rookie out of UCLA last year. Both those guys are entering their second seasons in the NBA. Both those guys play the same position as Julian Strother. Both those guys are similar size. Uh, Strother is probably a better shooter than both of them, but Braun is a better scorer, is a better defender. Watson is a very, very high-level athlete. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of role Strother can carve out there is an expectation that he is going to be a fringe rotation player for Denver. This is a deep team. This is a talented team. They keep Nikola Jokic. They keep Jamal Murray. They keep Michael Porter Jr. They lose Bruce Brown, but they're kind of expecting Braun to step into that role for them a little bit. So I do think there's a role for Strother. I think there's an opportunity for him to play pretty consistently night in and night out might not be very much, But I think that they didn't use a first-round pick on an an older college player, not a senior necessarily, but an older player compared to who some teams like to take in the late 20s of the NBA draft. They didn't take a guy like that with the expectation that he's going to develop behind the scenes. That's what they did with Peyton Watson. Watson was a freshman who was pretty much not productive at all at UCLA when Denver drafted him the year prior. That was a developmental piece. Strother's not that. So I think Denver has real images of Strother contributing to this team in year one. So if Denver wins the championship, I think there's a chance that Strother kind of breaks this tra- this tradition a little bit and is at least more of an impactful player for his NBA championship ring than we've seen from Gonzaga players in the past. But again, there's a real chance like the odds-on favorite, if you're looking at betting lines right now, that the NBA Finals is between Denver and Milwaukee. And that would be insanely fun to see Timmy and Strother, two guys we rooted for for many years, two guys we desperately wanted to see win themselves a championship while in college, two guys who got to the Finals while they were in college, getting to see them play against each other or at least be on the same teams playing against each other in the NBA Finals in their first season. That's the kind of storyline I'm looking for this year in the NBA. Now, they're not the only Zags, of course, in the NBA. They're not the only Zags in the NBA who have a decent chance of winning a ring. I think they are pretty clearly possession, positioned the best of anybody who is in the NBA right now, but... We talked about DeMontis Sabonis already. Sacramento Kings made the playoff last year. Uh, Certainly would be the most impactful player uh, from a Gonzaga perspective to ever win a ring because he is their best player. Him and De'Aaron Fox are absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure I believe the Kings are, are NBA Finals material quite yet but they are an improving team. You have Kelly Linick who's on the Utah Jazz, but I think he could get traded. I think the Utah Jazz are about to kind of enter a a, a reset of sorts, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Kelly get traded at the trade deadline to a contending team, which could certainly put him in a position to win a ring. You have Chet Holmgren with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm so excited to see what Chet's rookie season is going to look like, his reset rookie season, I suppose we should say. Uh, Oklahoma City, I think, is a team that is a dark horse to be, con- to be in contention as soon as this year, particularly if Chet uh, takes that step forward. They got Shea Gilgos alexander they got Josh Giddy, they got Jalen Williams. This is a good young team that I think has some real upside. Not quite sure they're ready to compete with Denver and Golden State and some of the other teams in the Western Conference, but keep an eye on them. You got Rui, of course. Rui's with the Los Angeles Lakers team that did some uh, surprisingly well in the playoffs last year. You never want to count on a team that LeBron James is on. If LeBron is is, is it continues to be LeBron, if Anthony Davis is healthy, fairly significant. If there, uh, this Lakers team could end up being a, a serious contender in the Western Conference as well. And we saw playoff Rui in full form last year. He was incredible with the Lakers during that playoff run. So it'd be very fun to get to see him have the opportunity to shine on the biggest stage in the NBA once again. A couple more guys that are on teams that I think are are far less likely to be particularly competitive uh, in the NBA Finals. Chase, Andrew Nembhard entering his second season with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Really productive last year. This is a growing upcoming Indiana team that got a nice young pick in Jareth Walker uh, out of the University of Houston to join their team. Ben Matherin's a stud. Tyrese Halliburton is, of course, excellent, but I'm not quite sure this team is overall there just yet. Jalen Suggs, same thing. Nice young core with the Orlando Magic. Really hoping to see Suggs take that leap and become a closer to the version of Jalen Suggs we saw in college, which we just haven't quite seen from him yet in the NBA, Orlando, Palo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, really excellent core that they're building in Orlando, but again, don't think they're quite there yet. Zach Collins, San Antonio Spurs, really productive last year at the end of the season as their starting center, going to have to adjust to a different role this year with Victor Wembanyama joining the franchise. Uh, again, excited about San Antonio's future, not sure that they are there just yet. And then you have Corey Kispert on the Washington Wizards, a franchise that frankly just hasn't really... Figured out how to win. They've had a lot of issues with that. They trade Radley Beal. They bring in Jordan Poole. We'll see how that shakes out for them. I think Kispert's going to have a really good season. We saw him be very productive last year, especially down the stretch. And I am excited to see what he can do in the next season. But I don't expect to see Washington even in the playoffs, never mind competing for a national championship. Folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening throughout this offseason period as we're through August, through September, back to five days a week, starting next week. And again, we got some fun stuff lined up to start the week, and then it is all post craziness season preview episodes for every single player on gonzaga's roster we're going to talk their history we're going to talk their best and worst case scenarios heading into the season we're going to make predictions about their actual role and playing time one of my favorite parts of the year very excited to get those started so check it out here on lockdown zags find us on youtube if you have not done so yet join the discord channel if you haven't done so the link is in the comments here on youtube or on your whatever podcast platform click on that it's free we're talking zags 24 7 Thank you all for listening. And until next time, as always, go Zags.